Let us pray together. Holy God, you sent your word, Jesus, to be the light of the world. Our Savior joyfully shares that flame with us. Inspire us by our reading of your words today, that we may take up that task joyfully for Jesus' sake. Amen. Reading from the Old Testament, the book of the prophet Isaiah, the 58th chapter, I'm going to begin with verse 5 and not verse 1. This is God by way of the prophet speaking to his people. Is such the fast that I choose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of, your, of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them, and not to hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindication shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt, and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Reading also from the Gospel of our Lord according to Matthew, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 13. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under a bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. For those of you who haven't been a part of our, well, uh, our fellowship and our worship um, for uh, a while, maybe ever, just want to let you know that we are walking our way through a series of sermons that came out of the questionnaires that the congregation filled out last fall. Seven themes which kind of bubbled up to the top of those questionnaires, and week by week, one by one, we are addressing them and uh, creating some measure of discussion around this subject matter. 
So we are on the second to the last of our themes. Um, Pastor Bill gets the last word next week. Uh, and then we will be finished with this theme. So our theme for this week is securing the financial resources to sustain ministry in a strategically located but aging structure. Lovely, isn't it? A city built on a hill cannot be hid. Okay, we're not a city, but a church. And it's not a hill, but a street corner. The principle still holds. God wants us to be a light to our community, shining brightly, showing our good works, and by doing so, giving glory to God. The good news! Riverside Presbyterian Church has been doing just that for over a hundred years. I don't think any of you was here at the beginning, but some been around for a while, right? That's the good news. The challenge, as our theme declares, securing the financial resources to sustain ministry in a strategically located but aging structure. More good news. God really wants us to keep doing what we've been doing and even more. The best news ever in the best year ever so far at Riverside Church. We already have the financial resources that we need to accomplish this. <laughs> Sermon's not over. Now you might say, is there a catch? Yes, there is a catch. The catch is that we need to give you folks the confidence that your sisters and brothers in leadership, that would be a whole bunch of us in this place today, we are using our brains, exercising good stewardship, and deploying our resources in a God-pleasing, God-blessed manner. That's all I have to do today. No problem, right? That's the way I look at it. No problem. Tensions have existed around how much Christians spend on taking care of their facilities since churches have built buildings. I suspect that it wasn't too long after the Pentecost empowerment of the church that the first building grew out of the Palestinian dirt. The vigorous debates about the need and the size and the furniture, and the wall colors, and the carpeting, all began about that time. A bit of a difference arose uh, between our Jewish ancestors and the emerging Christian body in, in the purpose of the structure. Jews had had structures for millennia already, and they had seen their synagogues Sunagoge, which, which means the place where people gather. People saw their synagogues as a place to gather, to nurture, celebrate, and protect their faith because they had been attacked and beaten down for 400, 500 more years. 
So a place to protect their faith was very important for them. Nothing wrong with that. We Christians do that too, don't we? We call this place a sanctuary, a place to come and rest and be protected. That's important. However, the Christian church, even before day one, you could say that it was Jesus who started this because when, when Jesus was about to go off into heaven, what did Jesus say? Go. Go and make disciples. So gathering is an important part of what we do. But from the very beginning of our gatherings as Christians, the intention to be sent out was included in the work that we do. And we're sent out for a purpose, to share the good news of Jesus and to gather others. The Hebrew folks call them the goyim, right? And that's not necessarily a good word, but, but it's the word that was used. To gather others, the Gentiles, into the fellowship of the church. So we have kind of two very, very important tasks, at least two. There's more than that, but, but, but for the purposes of today's message, two, two very important tasks. Christian bodies serve as schools of faith, places to gather and to be built up and to be strengthened, and as mission stations planted in the middle of a world of need. What's the most important role of those two? 2,000 years later, and we are still batting that ball back and forth, aren't we? They're both important. Building grand and grandiose churches is not a new phenomenon. Witness the Gothic cathedrals that mark the European countryside. That boom extended to our side of the Atlantic early in the colonial experience. In case you need any evidence of the fact that we build grandiose buildings, let's say, just think in your mind about um, Park Street in Five Points, where on one side you've got Riverside Presbyterian Church, and then the other side you've got Riverside Park United Presbyterian Church. Two grand facilities that look like they're leaning up against one another, don't they? Yeah for strength and encouragement. Riverside Presbyterian Church's leadership long ago dreamed big dreams and imagined the need for a mighty Ephesus edifice to fulfill them. So, we have one. We have a mighty edifice in this place. A wonderful campus. Dozens of Riverside Church's members loved and love this place so much that they and some of you have chosen to make our memorial garden your eternal resting place. You're going to stay here even after you die. What a vote of confidence that is. Did you ever think about that as a vote of confidence in this church? that people are willing to make this their eternal resting place? I understand that there are no guarantees, but that's confidence, folks. Another of the reason, many reasons to work to assure our continued presence on this block. The easily identifiable elephant in the sanctuary, 
part of my job as, a, as an interim pastor is to run around and to look at the elephants and say, hey, does anybody see that elephant over there? It's actually one of the parts of my job that I very much enjoy. You all know that the elephant exists. So what is the elephant? How do we secure the financial resources to sustain ministry in a strategically located but aging structure? That subject doesn't come up in every discussion, in every conversation that we have in leadership. It never strays too far away, however, does it? You might not be surprised that I have a few thoughts on the matter. One of the thoughts has to do with this notion of zero-sum propositions. Zero-sum propositions are if you spend money on this thing, you can't have it to spend over here. So the thinking is that if we spend money on our facilities and caring for what we have here, it's not money that we can spend on ministry and mission. I would like to say that those two things are so tightly entwined together that you can't separate them. Church buildings were, at least in part, to serve as ministry and mission stations in the world. Do we, Christians, sometimes overdo the grandeur of our holy places? Yep, we do. You can make the argument that some of the things that went into the building of this place were overdone. And yet, what are you going to get rid of? Can we get rid of the stained glass? Yeah, try it, buddy. I'll be looking for work tomorrow, won't I? Yeah. No, and it's not that it's bad. It's grand, and it's, it's how we respect and honor God. And that's a good thing. It's buried in our religious DNA to honor God in that way. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. And... Even if we wanted to, we can't undo the decisions made decades ago. Really good news is that these facilities remain ministry and mission stations in our world, more so today than when they were built, because our communities tend to be more worldly than in earlier years. And, and I use the word worldly not in a negative sense, it's just that folks out there are not as religious as folks were. Well, they're differently religious than they were when this place was built and expanded. And so it's probably more important for us to be here now than it was a hundred years ago. It is even more important for us to be rooted on this hill, I mean this corner, so that people may see our good works and give glory to God. We also imagine, we imagine the programs we might offer because we sit in this strategic location. Because we are here to sustain ministry and not just to keep a building from falling down. We've been having these uh, class gatherings in between worship the last several weeks and uh, Lisa Williams uh, made a comment that just has been on my mind ever since. She said, you know, there's all kinds of um, skeptical people out there right around us. And I thought, yeah, that is absolutely true. We know that to be true. Um, this place is incredibly busy on Friday and Saturday night, and there are lots of skeptical people out there. 
who cross maybe on the other side of the block, maybe here. What can we imagine that might interest them in asking some questions about faith? We have to think differently now than how we used to think. We are here to sustain ministry and not just keep a building from falling down. So we commit ourselves to finding the resources to sustain the ministry of this church, which includes taking care of our ancient structure. That is a vital part of how we see uh, we are a light to this community because thousands of people every day see our facility. Some of you may have heard that Riverside Presbyterian Church struggled last year to find the resources to keep our ministries and missions going. And the wrestling match has extended into 2020, our year of vision. And that rumor is true. We fell a little under $40,000 short of balancing our budget last year. A generous gift came in that allowed us to erase that red ink, or at least to cover some of our other expenses in the meantime. And we remain about $40,000 short of our pledge goal for this year, which we maintained at the same level as last year. $40,000. Is that one more generous gift or pledge increase? Or two? Or ten? Folks, we are doing really well during this interim times when, when finances often fall through the floor. I'm an interim, so I, I see the experiences uh, in every church that I go, and I, I feel the anxiety of the members of the congregation. And because it is an occupational hazard of mine, I have learned, I have learned not to be trapped by that anxiety, but to see how we can transform it into energy going forward. And I want you to know that we are within a whisker when you're talking about a budget of $1.8 million, we are within a whisker of balancing our income and expenditures for 2020. We're holding the line on expenses this year as we did at the end of last year. If we reach our pledge goal, we can storm ahead with the confidence that we can maintain our ministries rather than cutting them because you can't cut your way to growth. And the session is fully aware that at the end of the first quarter, we may need to take another look at where we are. We're hoping that we're going to be able to march ahead. What an encouraging message that would send to our pastor nominating committee and to pastoral candidates who are right now, right now, pastoral candidates are asking themselves whether ministry for them will include a stop at 849 Park Street. Can we meet our pledge goal by next week so we can hoot and holler at our annual meeting? I hope so. I think so. I'm confident that we can. It's, it's really your call. So there. Uh, Dan Wolf, I'm done. Dan is our stewardship chair. That is the official end, or is that the second, or is that the third end of our 2020 Reaching for Tomorrow stewardship campaign. Well, it's the end for now.
I want to tell you about some of the other ways leadership is actively engaged in securing the financial resources to sustain ministry in a strategically located but aging structure. Session has approved. I wasn't even uh, the interim pastor here yet, but I attended last June's session meeting where session approved and our trustees agreed to fund $300,000 to $350,000 worth of required maintenance projects. We began this effort last year, and we will be finishing them in 2020. Uh, for example, Riverside Church uh, purchased and installed a marvelous Colby organ a while back, and we are blessed in benefiting from that, and will continue to do so. Um, and now we need to keep it dry. So the leak that led to the deterioration that you used to see over there, uh, Dave and Michael and some others have been working to repair it, but you probably noticed it up in that corner, uh, and the Formosan termite invasion, that's been fixed. More sanctuary roof work will follow in the weeks ahead, and then we will re-roof the education building to stop the present leaks and prevent further damage there. We thought we were going to do that first, but eh, we better take care of this. So we did. $200,000 between those two projects. Actually, a little bit more, right? Yeah. Must, must do these things. We've got a list of other must-do items after that. Payback, which we must do according to endowment requirements, will begin in 2021. I've prompted the powers to consider a larger list of projects that aren't aimed at fixing what's broken, but of anticipating what will be needed in the next 20 years to sustain our strategically located but aging structure. I want us to enter, undertake an ambitious resource-seeking program now, not just when the costs accrue and we have to fix stuff. We know we will need to face these expenses, and now is the time to identify the resources for this year and the next year and the 20 years down the road. Not just because we love this facility, because it is our ministry and mission station where we intend to cast a beacon of hope and faith in our community and our light to the globe's far corners. Those two things are one project. Will we have differences of opinion about how we uh, can make this happen? You can count on it. 2,000 years have shown that to be the case. I haven't heard too much debate about whether the need will arise or not. You've already expressed that need. So let's grab a hold of what we agree on and figure out how to get the job done so that our light will keep shining before others and that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven and that we may grow and thrive and expand and imagine all sorts of new and wonderful things that we can do in ministry and mission together from this wonderful place. Thanks be to God. Amen.